0: This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 in Delancey Elam Church Building at the Banks, St. Sampsons in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us or free downloads, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk
1: really tough time. And then my role changed, but the management was still the same and I was terribly unhappy at work. And um, I really prayed about, because I've been there for so long, I find it difficult to leave. But I started um, putting my name down with um, recruitment agencies, but they said, well, it might be difficult because you want part time and and all that. then suddenly a friend of mine, who's the director at BPP College for Accountants, she got a telephone call from a company in town and they said, do you know anybody looking for a job, an accountant role? And she was, well, yeah, my, a friend of mine's looking for a job. So I sent my CV, they invited me for an interview. And it was like, it was, it was such a nice interview I felt by, An hour and a half later, we were still chatting about all sorts, and I felt like um, at home there. Um, Then they invited me for a second interview, and me and Richard really prayed the night before, like, God, if if, if this is what you want me to do, then make it clear. And I prepared myself with all sorts of questions they might ask. And as soon as I came in, they were like, we really want you. (laughs) And I was like, okay, and... um, And they were like, whatever hours you want to do, part-time, up until October, from October when Jodie goes to school, I wanted to work a bit more, and they were like, yeah, we're flexible, whatever hours you want, same salary, same uh, time off on holiday, and it just just seems so amazing, and I I really, I really know God's really Mm. provided in that. Yeah, amen. And it's just so amazing that we don't have to deserve these things, because sometimes we've Sometimes we think, like, oh, I don't deserve it. But, but for every single one of us is just so special to God. Yeah. And we do deserve mm-hmm. it. Well, we don't deserve it, but it's mm-hmm. the grace. It's, mm-hmm. it's just so amazing when God does something amazing like that to you. So I just Thank wanted God, to share yeah. that. Yeah. That's cool. You were listening to a free download from the to Elam Church.
0: Mike went for operation for his shoulder this well. I think it was cool, kind of test me there. Uh, I, know, I know it doesn't look good. <laughs> 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 I never had to have someone get a test with me with their arm in sling, but it, 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 it is good, I promise you. Okay, I Share a little bit about that. So, this week when they did the operation, they thought they were going to have to do shave the bone and do a tendon repair as well. Well, while they were having a look around, they looked for the tendon that had a rip. And they had a good poke and prod and a good look and couldn't find it mm. at all. Um, you may remember about a year ago, I think it was, um, it was shortly after you arrived, yes, yeah, yes. um, John prayed for me mm. and I was in quite a bit of pain then mm. and the pain went mm. and, um, mum has been saying, I agree with her, I think, that we think that's when the tendon was repaired yeah. and so, um, they've only had to sh- mm. shave the bone, mm. only, mm. um, which means my recovery will be a lot quicker yeah. and a lot better. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. We'll give God a little thing. Amen. We just want to praise Him. That's a fantastic testimony there. You are listening to a free download from Delancey Elam Church. If you've got Bibles with you, I want to turn to scriptures as we as we kind of aware that this Sunday is kind of Pentecost Sunday. And I was just thinking, actually, you know, we, we think, uh, you see, how the church began. It didn't begin with all different denominations. How many really realize that? And it, it never sort of even began like with a, you know, a Pentecostal denomination. But this is the way the church, it began with fire. It began each one being filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's how the church began. You know, that's what we are going to see. That's the original concept. That's how church began. Day of Pentecost and and it began with fire, and I think kind of God wants, if you like, the whole thing to be wrapped up with a church on fire, amen? So I just want to read it a few seconds. I want to talk about the, the fire of God today, uh, as Pentecost Sunday, and, and see that this is what Jesus said in, in Luke 3. So John the Baptist spoke of, of what Jesus would do when he came, Luke 3 and we say we need fire, amen Luke 3 and and verse 16 John answered saying to you I indeed baptize you with water, but one mighty and I am coming whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? Fire so the Holy Spirit baptism is fire and we'll kind of look at the connotations for that. But one more scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5 to verse 7. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith there is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I'm persuaded in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying up of hands. So I think the Amplified version says, "Stir up the fire that's within you." So this sense that we can have the fire, but then we've got to keep stirring it up. Amen. We've got to keep the fire. People can have the fire, but they lose the fire. So we've got to get the fire and we've got to keep the fire. And so we. And it's interesting. He speaks about his grandmother, his mother, their grandson. You know, these generations coming down. I think that's awesome. Well, you know, the grandmothers fill with fire, then the mothers fill with fire, then the next ones fill with fire. That's awesome. They're going down the generations. You know, and that's the way it should be. Can you say amen? Now, if you look at this, and as we think about the, the fire of God, I think, if you say to us the greatest need for the church today, I don't think we need another method. We don't need another program. We don't need another idea, really. I think we're full of ideas, full of methods, full of programs, what we desperately need is the fire. That's ultimately what we need in today's church. We need the fire of God. He wants to set a fire a flame in your heart. i often quoted this: John Wesley, can you imagine this for a prayer? I think it'd be good for you to pray this prayer every day yourself. This was his prayer every morning. "Set me on Lord, set me on fire, that people will come and watch me burn." And I just think that's such an awesome prayer that every morning he says, God, set me on fire, the people will come and watch me burn. So literally, John Wesley was just a fire. A fire that burned, And that's what the, the, the baptism is. It's a baptism of fire where we're submerged into the presence of God that affects the whole of our being. Says on the day of Pentecost, and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, sat upon each of them. In other words, each received a personal flame. Amen. And God has for you a personal flame, a personal fire that God wants to burn in you. I heard the story a couple of weeks. I think I might have heard it at the ministers' conference we were on a few few weeks ago. this story kind of stuck in my mind. I don't know why it did, but it stuck in my mind. And it was a story about a chief. And he came to these various meetings. And, and he'd see people being prayed for. And some would go, hallelujah. And they'd really, go, you know, really get excited. Others would go, kind of, hallelujah, and kind of go their own way. And so he sat there day after day after day. Until the final, the final meeting, he came forward. And he says, me don't want little Holy Spirit. Me want big Holy Spirit. Not little Holy Spirit says, Hallelujah, hallelujah, but big Holy Spirit says, Hallelujah. I don't want little Holy Spirit. I want big Holy Spirit. I do want big fire. We don't want little Holy Spirit. We want big Holy Spirit. We don't want little fire. We want, what? Big fire. Is that right? We don't want to be like a a kind of, a little sort of, uh, a little match. We want to be a bonfire, Amen a set a flame for God. What is the fire for what the fire is? What is the fire? I think the fire is, is one of the aspects of the presence of God. Hebrews 12:29: "For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. When God appears to Moses in the burning bush. It's this amazing thing. The thing that struck Moses wasn't the fact that the bush was burning. He saw that loads of times. The fact was, the bush was on fire, but the bush was not consumed. That's what struck him. He walked past and saw this bush that, that was on fire, but the bush was not consumed. In other words, the fire of God needs no earthly fuel to keep it burning. When I talk about the fire of God, I'm not just talking about something emotional. Because God doesn't need your emotions to keep it burning. He doesn't need your talent to keep it burning. It's a fire that God himself is the source. The thing is, if it's, your, if it's your emotions that's trying to keep the thing burning, you're, you'll just have burnout, is that right? If it's just your talents and your gifts and your strength and your own ability, you'll just fizzle out. But when it's a fire that comes from God Himself, it will perpetually keep burning. It needs no human energy to keep it burning because it comes from God Himself, from His presence. Isn't that amazing? A fire that cannot be doubted. A fire that cannot be put out because it's a fire that comes directly from God's presence. It's a fire that God Himself brings. Can you say Amen. Revelation chapter three. Turn to Revelation chapter three verse nineteen. You know, I believe with all my heart that God's answer to your need is fire. Here's a situation, Revelation three nineteen. Here is a church that has lost the fire. Jesus has these things against them. First thing is they become lukewarm. They've become self sufficient. They've lost their vision. They've lost who they are. They've become lukewarm of heart. And this is the word of Jesus that he tells them. This is the response. This is what he looks for them. He says, Therefore, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, here's the response. He says, Be zealous and repent. Be zealous. Be zealous. In other words, the answer to your lukewarmness, the answer to, 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 your, to your weariness, the answer to what's going on in your life is to be zealous. And that word zealous means to, to boil. God says to them, I want you to boil. I want you to be so hot to the point you stay on fire. And I believe all my heart, this is the answer to the struggles and the things that we face in life. We need fire. So I tell you the trouble often today. We can be so professional. We can be professional. We can be professional in our, in our sermons, professional in all kinds of things, worship, singing. And I found this. Above all else, if it's to be effective, it needs fire. C.H. Spurgeon once said to his students, He says, If your sermons have not got fire in it, then put your sermon in the fire. <laughs> in other words, if we want to pray effectively, then put fire in your prayer. If you want worship to be powerful, put fire in your worship. If you want your ministry to be effective and fruitful, Put fire in whatever you're doing for God because that's the only way it's ever going to fully succeed. It's fire. We need the fire of the Spirit to burn in us, to have that effectiveness where He wants. Put fire in it. So the fire really is the presence of God consuming us, getting a hold of our lives to the point that we're not even the same. Have you ever seen people So once the fire of God gets hold of them, they're not the same. You don't even recognise them. They are totally and radically transformed. Not because somebody's given them a, a ten point steps, because something has got a hold of their life and burnt out and consumed them. Which brings me to the purpose of the fire. What's the purpose of the fire? Here's the first thing. The purpose of the fire, firstly, is to purify us. Malachi chapter 3 verse 3. That's a kind of easy book to find. It's the last book in the Old Testament. This is kind of good. Look what it says in Malachi 3 verse 3. He's speaking of what would take place. He says, He will sit as a refiner's fire, a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may be an offer to the Lord, an offering of righteousness. This is what happens when the fire comes. It begins to purge and remove and burns away everything in our hearts that's not consistent with his nature. God God sets us on fire so he he can burn things out of us so what's left is set on fire from him. Here's the point. There's nothing wrong with you that the fire of God can't put right. Amen? Nothing wrong with us that the fire of God can't put right. And the fire burns away. It burns away wrong attitudes. It burns away the worldliness. It burns away self-centeredness. It brings to the surface things in our lives that sometimes we're not even aware is there. He just brings it to the surface. Because that's what a refiner does. When he melts the gold, all the impurities of that gold rise to the surface. So that gold, he can remove all the alloys. He can remove all the, the, the impurities from that gold. So that gold becomes pure. And when the fire of God begins to consume your heart, you begin to find things come to the surface. Things that you didn't even know were there. Is that right? It begins to burn away the attitudes. It begins to burn away the wrong things in our life that prevent us from being all that God wants us to be. It purifies. It brings those things to the surface. He burns away that temper. He burns away that criticism. He burns away that judgmental spirit. He burns away that self-centeredness. He burns away that unbelief. He burns away those bondages. He burns away those that self sufficiency. Everything that's holding you back, the fire of God burns out of your life. Can you say amen? Purifies, burns those things away. In other words, God does a transformation inside you. He begins to transform from the inside and he brings it to the surface and God begins to scoop away the stuff that's there. You know what? Without the fire of God, that means those things in us remain unmoved or untouched. They almost become dormant in us. I've often found, people said to me, God really touched me, but I've suddenly found things I didn't even know were there. And it's almost like it's a negative thing, but actually it's a good thing. Because when these things come to the surface, it means God can deal with it. As long as it remains dormant, as long as it remains unmoved or untouched, or you become unaware of it, you'll never change. Is that right? But when the fire's there, it begins to bring things to the surface. You see things about you that you never saw before. An attitude that you didn't even know were there suddenly comes to the surface. An unloving attitude Attitude in your heart comes to the surface. Unbelief comes to the surface. Areas of your life come to the surface. They are dealt with, and they rise to the surface as the fire begins to bring a work of purity. Ever thought about this? You might say, "Say, you know what? I don't, I don't really want the fire. You know what? The, the reality is, we're going to have fire whether we like it or not. Ever thought about that?" We either have the fire now that purifies us and cleanses us and, and makes us fit for, for God's purpose and begins to burn away the junk and the rubbish in us, or there's another fire. There's a fire at the judgment seat of Christ where the Bible says that God will burn away the hay, the wood and the stubble. And the only thing that's going to remain is that which is of gold. I sometimes think about that. I think of some guy there with his massive mega church coming up before the throne, and boom! In a moment, the whole thing's gone. He had a wrong heart. He had a wrong motive. He did it maybe for his own honor, and, he, and the motives of his heart were, were wrong, and, and, and he was just building and promoting himself. And one in a moment, it's gone. Then I just see this dear old lady coming. She's been faithful. She has prayed. She has been a witness. She has been a testimony. She's, she's been an amazing mother. She's just been that witness and prayed and sought God and she's been that amazing witness. And suddenly right there she has these amazing rewards. And I can see this guy from the megachurch running after and say, can I have some of yours? Because it's gone through the fire. And there's the issue. Better to have fire now than see burnt up on that day. Is that right? So fire is God purifying and burning those things on us. And when those things rise up, you're not offended, but you welcome what God's doing. You welcome it. As that word came under, we just welcome it. You know, I was thinking that, you know, when you really look at this, when you really think about it, this is a progression for the whole of our lives. That's good news. Because just when you feel you've, do- you've dealt with things, suddenly something else comes to the surface. Have you noticed that? Just when you think, yeah, I've dealt with it, I'm really making progress, I'm really going forward... Boom, something else comes. Because this is continual progression. This is how we're continually developing God. God bringing something to the surface, God removing it, the fire coming again, something else comes to the surface, God removing that. And we're continually progressing and becoming more and more Christ-like. Can you say amen? That's how it happens. The purifying, purging fire of God. And you ought to be very grateful because the Lord is so wonderful, and so gracious, because it's a process. He knows you couldn't take it all at once. Is that right? So it's a process. It's right. rather like being on a roller coaster. Been, you know, we went, it wasn't actually a roller coaster, but you know, that's like Spider Man. Do you remember the Spider Man thing? And that's, this Spider Man thing, if you ever gone, on in Friday, this Spider Man thing, it, it's, it's Universal Studios. When you're on it, you go up and down, you get twisted round, you get thrown up in the air. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not having good thoughts for the person who taught me to do this. You know, you're going thrown down, you're going down long ways, and you're feeling sick in your stomach, You say, "Oh, and you just think, the person who put me on this, the person who did this, and, and you're doing all these crazy things, and, and then suddenly at the end of it, you enjoy it. Isn't that amazing? And the thing is, you go on again. Isn't that amazing? We go on again, because although it was not a place afterwards you look back, and that was pretty amazing. And that's, in a sense, what God does. God begins to purify you. God begins to change your life. And maybe it's not pleasant at that moment in time. But you look back and say, God, that was wonderful, actually. That was amazing. Let's go again. And God is burning and doing this incredible burning, this work of purifying, of changing, of transforming by his fire. How many want big fire? Big fire, not small fire. We want big fire that purifies and changes us. Why am I saying this? Because God, the greater the work in you, the greater the work through you. The more God purifies you, the more God gets rid of all that stuff and that rubbish and those hindrances in your life, the more God removes that, then the greater the work will be through you. Isn't that wonderful? I love that. The more he works in me, the greater he works through me. The little he works through me, then the littler he'll work through me. Hey, let we say big fire. Big fire, I want big fire. Not little fire, big fire. man, big fire. So he has to do a big work in us, so he can do a big work, what? Through us. Here's the next thing, very quickly. Fire doesn't just come to purify us. The fire comes to put passion in our hearts. And that word passion there means strong feeling. Fire consumes us. It gives us energy and enthusiasm. Fire gives you passion. Gives you passion for God. You can't manipulate. You can't manufacture that. It's got to come from the fire working in you. And the more the fire works in you, the greater your passion for God will be. Fire gives you passion. For God. It gives you passion for prayer. It gives you passion for His Word. It gives you passion to witness. You can't kind of make that happen. But the more the fire burns in you, the more passion you have for God. The more passion you have for prayer. The more passion you have for the Word. The more passion you have for souls. How many would say we need passion for souls? Is that right? We need burning passion for the lost. And we can't manufacture that. But it's a result of fire burning in you. In fact, that's an incredible way to measure how much of the fire is burning in you. If you haven't got much desire for prayer, if you haven't got much desire for the word, if you haven't got much desire for witness, that is a good sign the fire is beginning to diminish in your life. And you need to ignite that fire in you. It's a a sign, it's an evidence. You can't say I'm full of the fire of God, but I'm not really bothered about the last, or I don't really want to pray, or I don't really want to spend. That is a sign, the fire. Is that right, It's diminishing? And we found that when God's really stirring in your heart, you want to pray, you want to see God, you want to witness. Those things are natural, a natural reaction of the fire burning in us. Because without that, this is what we have without fire. We just go through the mechanics of things. We just go through the outward exteriors of it. And I think that is what you define really as religion. Religion isn't just going through traditional ways of things. Religion is when you do it without fire. You know, I was struck the other day where it says in Hebrews, it speaks about works that we do, but the Bible calls them dead works. Are dead works. The works that never originated with the fire. They never originated from God Himself. They became religious things because they didn't have the fire with them. They weren't productive. They didn't bear fruit because it wasn't really the fire there. Sammy said we need fire to put passion in us because it brings the reality of Jesus. Do you think people really? want outward exteriors. I'll tell you what people want today. They want reality. They want to sense and feel the presence of Jesus. They want to feel fire. You ever thought about this? You don't have that advertised fire. Is that right? When you're burning with fire, you won't even need to put, put a sticker on <laughs> People will just see it. People will recognize it. People become aware of it. Might not be able to put a description on it, but they are no that you have something and it's called the fire of the living God. Can you say amen? Fire that stirs and puts that passion in it. The Bible says in the last days, men's love will wax cold. You know, that doesn't happen overnight. Ever had... You know the thing that strikes you? You put a kettle on, get it boiled up, You leave it for five or ten minutes, you forget, pour it and it's lukewarm. Is that right? Fire needs to be perpetually and continually kept burning. Amen. And it says, in the last days, men's heart will wax cold. They'll lose the passion. And the reason why they'll lose the passion is because slowly but surely, the fire slowly began to go out. Even without them being aware of it or recognising it. And there are certain things that are wet blankets. Have that term, wet blanket? Think of wet blankets. I was thinking a few. Complacency is a wet blanket. Where we become comfortable with what we have. Difficult circumstances. Discouragements. Problems. They can be tools of the enemy to dampen the fire. We go through these disappointments. We get discouraged. And those things can be tools that begin to dampen the fire. I think the things that we can indulge in, we can, people who are around us can be people who can bring a negative influence. We can have negative mindsets. And before we know where we are, we're pulling back from the fire. And the fire has slowly gone out. The passion's gone. The, 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 the fire, the, the love for Jesus, the passion we had for him has slowly began to diminish. We go through the outward exterior, but it doesn't come from a burning heart inside us. Did not our hearts burn within us? Let me close with this. How do we ignite the fire again? We turn to 1 Kings 18. There's a great story when the fire fell, amen? Say, so I want big fire. I don't want small fire, I want me one big fire. We don't want little hallelujah, me want big hallelujah. 1 Kings 18 and verse 31 And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, "Israel shall be your name." Then, with the stones, he built an altar. In the name of the Lord, he made a ten- trench around the altar, large enough to hold the seas of wo- uh, the seed of seeds. He put wood in order to cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood, and said, "Fill four water pots with water. Pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood." Then he said. Do it a second time, and they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time, and they did it a third time. So water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at that time an offering of evening sacrifice. Elijah the prophet came and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that the people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and he licked up the water, and was in the trench. When the people saw it, they fell on their face, and said, the, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Amen. that wonderful? There's a few things there, how we can ignore. Here's the first thing they did. The, I always get this thing, this word. When the pattern is right the fire will fall. When the pattern is right, the fire will fall. Here's the pattern here. First thing they did, they rebuilt the altar. The thing that they had neglected, they'd allowed it to go into disrepair. And maybe today, we need to repair what has become broken down and neglected. Maybe your devotional life, has become neglected and broken down maybe your prayer and your worship has become neglect- neglected what about your calling and your gifting and, and the talents and the resources God has poured in you maybe those things have become neglected in your life maybe you've neglected the altar of your heart and, and things have come into your life that shouldn't be there areas if you like, of compromise notice what they did they rebuilt the altar according to the word of the Lord. Here's the key. The only way we're going to do it is to rebuild our lives according to the word of the Lord. Is that right? So anything that doesn't go in line with the word of God, it's out of our life. Amen? Because we're building our life according to the word of God. Build it. There's a the second thing. They honoured God. David says may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing on to you challenge yourself with this today my attitudes my relationships the things i set before my eyes my daily life at work and home my conversations do they honor god Do they honour God? Because when you begin to honour God in all these areas of your life, then the fire is going to fall. There will be a move of God in your life. Third thing is they brought a sacrifice. The altar is where we just maybe have to lay down things that are hindering God in our life. I found this. I have a real heart that's burning for God. It's always going to take a surrendered life. It's going to take a part of your life and you say, God, I surrender everything I am to you. That's what it's going to take. Or we just surrender our life fully and totally to God. As we surrender our life, the fire will I think that's why often we can, why some Christians can be dissatisfied in their heart because, because they've not fully surrendered all, they're looking for other things to bring satisfaction, but it leaves them empty. The greatest life of all is a life that's fully surrendered to Jesus. Can you say amen? Quickly, the last couple of things they did was this the Bible says they did 12 stones. They did that to remind themselves who they are. Remind yourself who you are. You're a child of God. You're an overcomer. You're blessed in the heavenly place. You know, just remind yourself because the way the fire is doubted is when we lose sight of who we really are. Remind yourself of who you are in God. Never lose sight of who you are in God. And when they did that, the Bible says they return to the Lord. Return. Jesus said to the church in Ephesus, it says, you have forsaken your first love. Therefore, return and do the things you did at first. That's the way you return. You do the things. You know, that's what you do in your marriage. Amen? Isn't that right, men? (laughs) To keep your marriage going, you do the things you did at first. The presents, the meals, the chocolates, you know, the, the nice little gifts that you need to buy. I'm just I'm throwing out a warning to someone here right now. Uh, you know, return and do the things that started and ignited the passion in the first place. If you do that, wow, well, you'll have a great time. Amen. Because you're doing the things you did at first. And that's what what you do when you get back to Jesus. You do the things you did at first. What was your life like when you first met Jesus? When you first fell in love with him? What things did you do? How did you act? How did you live? You know, what was your life like right then? There should not be a decrease. There should be an increase. Is that right? So do... The things you did at first. Now let me close by saying this. Here's the thing I love. God is a fire-lighting God. Maybe you feel, oh man, I've only got a, I feel like all I've got left is a bit of smoke. I mean, I'm smoking in the right sense of the word. You know what I mean? I'm just smoking. You know what the Bible says? It says, a burning flax he won't quench. If God sees just a little bit of fire, a little bit of smoke, it Oh, we ignite it again with fire, amen. God is a fire-lighting God. And there's not one heart, one life we can't ignite again with fire. Let's just come before him right now. Hallelujah. He's the God of burning fire. Hallelujah. we we'll you just stand for it. Just stand a few moments as we just come before him right now just open your heart before the Lord oh we need the fire amen I only realize that we need the fire today we need burning fire the only thing that's going to touch our world is people whose hearts are burning with fire that's how it began on the first day and that's the way it's always going to be nothing else would touch a fallen broken world the people full of the fire. That's how the church began. And that's how God wants the church to continue. With people whose hearts are set on fire for Him. Can you say Amen? So Lord, set my heart ablaze today. Ignite the fire in me. Stir up the fire that's within you. we have received it, then stir it up see the fire of the Lord that mighty burning fire set you ablaze so that you can set others ablaze
1: thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Eden Church for more downloads or to contact us please visit our website at delanceyelen.com